Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What I'm thinking about is, let's say Capella's on the floor and he's being guarded by Draymond Green. I don't think that's good for the Warriors. And the reason I say that is because Draymond Green, as you said, is is great, has that free safety. But if the the quest, one of my questions is going to be: Is Capella good enough to keep occupied Draymond Green? And if Draymond Green guards Capella, can Capella still be effective on the offensive glass and with some garbage and maybe a alley oop or two? Because if you're taking advantage of Draymond Green. That that changes the dynamic a little bit, I think. I think it does. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1 KGMZ San Francisco, the radio home for every Warriors playoff game NBA this week with John Dickinson and Matt Steinmetz. Brought to you by American Express, proud partner of the Golden State Warriors. Brought to you by Oaks Card Club, play it smart, play it Oaks. And we're driven by Premier Nissan of Stevens Creek. We make it easy online at PremierNissanOfStevensCreek.com. To me, the backcourt is pretty simple. I mean, you, you put Clay on James Harden and you put Curry on Harden, on uh, Chris Paul, right? I mean, there's no need to overthink that. Would you agree? I'm looking at it right now, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing it up. As you're saying it. And no, I think you're talking from the Warriors' point of view. Yeah, just starting out games and, and the bulk of the, the bulk of the time. I mean, Clay's, Clay's coming out on James Harden, right? Well, one interesting thing is, I mean, the Warriors have used Clay Thompson to guard Harden and Paul mm-hmm. throughout the years. And he's done well against both of but them. But why would you want to put him against Chris Paul? I'd put him on Harden until yeah. Chris Paul gets going. No, I, no I, I'd put him on Harden. But I was just kind of rolling through... Because I don't think Curry can guard James Harden. The different matchups. But Curry can guard Chris Paul. And I'm not saying James Harden can guard Steph Curry, but Steph Curry, if if Harden finds himself matched up with Steph Curry, he's going to be ultra-aggressive. I've got Paul and Curry, Harden and Thompson, Ariza, Durant, Tucker and Draymond, and then Capella and Looney. I've actually got a relatively straight up type of a matchup. Well, then at then, the start. Then the Looney Capella matchup is is interesting because the question's going to be if if Capella's hurting Looney would they have to then in theory put Draymond on to Capella? I I don't think they want to, but and here's where I think Looney's solidness really works for the Warriors. They don't need him to be great. They Looney'll have one job. Don't let Capella go nuts. Just just keep him under control. Yeah, don't let Capella be 18 and 10. But yeah, exactly. And, and 7 of 9 shooting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah because exactly. they're all layups or putbacks. Yeah. Or dunker spot. Eric Gordon's another guy who's... Gordon a, a fine, stunk against the I, Warriors, by the way. Well, he was he was not very good against Utah either. Well, he stunk against the Warriors basically the last two years. This year in particular. Really? Yeah. 
You got the numbers in front? I I can dig them up here real quick. But yeah, he's been awful. He was awful this year against the Warriors. But interestingly, in he probably here. played better for the Rockets this year than he has in the last three or four years since he's been there. I mean, he 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 seemed to be at times the first half of the season playing with more almost athleticism. He was he was driving to the bucket more than I'd remembered him driving to the bucket, but. He's a funky player. Gordon is two for twenty-four from three against the Warriors. In three games this, this, this year? season, two for twenty-four. What were they at? What like one for seven? He had an zero for nine. Oh my gosh! He was nine for thirty last year. So ele- eleven for fifty-four the that's last not, yeah, two that's, years. That's not going to. That's you. You don't. They can't win. They, they or you can't win. play him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So but, that's why I look at. Again, that's why I look at who could, it's always a game of who can play and who can't play. You know, and you look at the, you know, if that's the five that the Rockets are going to start, and then Gordon's your guy off the bench, and who else is your guy off the bench? You're going to play Mbamute, and you're going to play Nene, maybe. Although I'm not, you know, and then you're going to play maybe Green. Maybe Anderson below that. And if you're the Warriors, you know you're going to play Iguodala. And you know you're going to play West. And you're going to play Livingston. Probably going to play Cook. Eric Gordon, for example, has got to give the Rockets more than Iguodala gives the Warriors. And that's only possible if Gordon's scoring and a threat. Gordon's got to go out and get you 15 or 16. That will offset Iguodala. I don't care what Iguodala does. Even though I know he's he's a stabilizing factor, but the 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 Rockets need Eric Gordon or somebody like him, Mabute. You, you, or, didn't, you didn't realize how bad Eric Gordon was against no, the I Warriors. Didn't. Did no, you? I didn't because I've been watching a lot of Rockets games and I thought he played better this year in general. I thought he was a little more diversified offensively. I think he had one big game last year, but. You take that game out, and it's the other six. He's just been absolutely dreadful. And the the the, the double problem with that is if that's what he's shooting from from three point range, it's not like he's holding his own at the other. Well, end. and he's cat. He, I mean, I, I can just see the two for twenty four. It's just he gets it on the wing, and he just starts casting off. And it's, I mean, those a lot of his misses are like turnovers. You know, you're talking about shots that can be like turnovers. A lot of his misses are like turnovers. Well, Harden's got a few of those in him, too, usually, he, per no, game. No doubt. No doubt he does. Uh, John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, NBA This Week here on 95.7 The Game. We are with you until 6 o'clock. Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post will join us coming up at 5.30 as we get you closer to the Warriors and the Rockets. It's a Game 1 on Monday night from the Toyota Center in Houston. There's a lot to talk also about Mike D'Antoni. Hasn't won a title, and does he have his own demons? I don't. I don't really see how either of these coaches is going to be responsible for winning or losing the series. I mean, how many adjustments can you really make if you're the Rockets guarding the Warriors? Not a lot. But if you're the the Warriors, I mean, you got bodies to throw. Uh, you got bodies to throw at it. I mean, the Rockets do what they they do. They play that style, and the Warriors play their style. 
And I, I think this get, this is, I mean, I know, okay, you got Clay against Harden. All right, well, who wins that matchup is going to be important. But it's not going to be decided by a coaching move. Oh, look, the Warriors put Steph Curry on Clint Capella, and they turned the whole offense upside down because all of a sudden the Rockets started to try to milk. You know, I just don't see that happening. I see the series basically laid out in front of us with the Rockets doing their thing and the Warriors doing their thing. And what the Warriors want to do offensively is try to get that ball moving more than they have at times this this season. And they showed flashes of it in the postseason. But their offense has not been as consistent as their defense in the postseason, which I'm sure Steve Kerr will take. He'd ra- if he'd have one to hang their hat on, he'd rather do it at the defensive end. Well, the one guy that we haven't really talked about a lot as far as the Warriors go, it's it's the X-Factor guy for me, and it's Durant. Yeah, I, I mean, Durant is the ultimate. I don't see... I just don't see an answer on the Rock. Even if you want to say... Do you see an answer anywhere in the league? Not if he's pl- Not if he's playing... Aggressively, who's the best? Who does the best job in the league against Durant? Does anybody even pop into your mind? Because it doesn't for me. So Kawhi Leonard, yeah, probably. I mean, mean, and we're just kind of guessing that he's probably does as good a job as anybody. Harrison Barnes, really? No, I'm just, I'm just. (laughs) I mean, they held him down a little bit at the end of that series two years ago when he was with OKC. Right, right. That, That was just. Because he he was playing great in that series, and then he and then he didn't toward yeah. the end. That's all. No, you are, and well, it goes back to the it goes back to last year's finals when somebody asked LeBron, "What's a di- Kevin Durant's a difference?" It's like don't look too hard. Kevin, they, the Warriors brought on Kevin Durant, and he's their best player, or he's their trump card, or their one A. He's their trump card. Yeah, he really. It's is. okay. You you think you can hang with us with the Curry, Clay, Draymond deal? Okay, fine. Maybe you can. Well, now we're going to bust out Kevin Durant. Yep. Now we're going to bust out another top five player. Trump card. Game over. And that's where I think the Warriors end up winning the series. Because Curry and Thompson have wiggle room to not play great and still have the Warriors make up for it with their other players. I don't think the Rockets have that luxury. they got to get good games out of Paul and James Harden consistently. You mentioned Mike D'Antoni. PenskeAutoSales.com text line, 510. D'Antoni, his regular season offensive efficiency drops by nine points average in the playoffs. His teams are one-trick ponies with nothing left in the bag. Warriors in four. Well, I'd like to see every other coach's numbers from the regular season to the postseason because i got to believe maybe every single one of them those those percentages dip to some degree because the playoffs, it's just a little harder to score because teams are playing good defense. One-trick pony? I mean, I don't know what that means because what? how else are you going to play if you're Houston? I mean, I, I think when I look at a good coach, I say it, it, there's not another way that I can envision Houston playing where I think, man, Dan Tony's not getting the best out of this team. He should be doing this. And I mean, what? What? He's putting the ball in James Harden, and, and he's, he's got, got two stars. He got, knows who they are, exactly. and they have the ball. And they, yes, and so that—that's kind of my take on that. 
John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, NBA This Week here on 95.7 The Game. Tim Bontemps is going to join us at 5.30. I've got all these notes. All these notes, Matt. I jot down notes, do a pre-show prep. I've got, all, I've got my cards over here with different things on them. All these notes. I feel like we're just the tip of the iceberg and we're two hours into this thing. So you haven't gotten any of them yet? We're going to get to everything. I We're going to empty the notebook. All right. We're going to empty the notebook between now and 6 o'clock, and we're going to pepper in a little Tim Bontemps. Uh, as well, and your phone calls and texts at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Before I head off to Houston, we'll get to it. 95.7 The Game. Now, back to NBA This Week on 95.7 The Game. Here's Matt Steinmetz and Sean Dickinson. All right, rolling along here, 95.7 The Game, NBA This Week. Tim Bontemps is already in Houston, and he's going to join us coming up in 10 minutes as we continue to preview Warriors-Rockets Conference Finals. Your predictions uh, are welcome at 888-957-9570. Your X-Factors, your keys to this series both ways, PinskyAutoSales.com text line at 95795 as well. Uh, Zachariah in Oakland checks in here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, buddy? Matt and Guru, I mean Mike and Guru. What's up, Mike and Guru? <laughs> how you doing, man? What's up? Steiny, come on. Come on, Steiny, come on. That's how you say it. Okay, what do you got? Here's an, X, here's an X factor. I think that James Harden psychologically, deep down inside, does not, this is speculation, psychological speculation. He doesn't want it quite as bad as Draymond Green. I think if he loses to the Warriors, he'll be able to go home and get a good night's sleep. But if Draymond Green loses to the Rockets, he's not going to sleep all summer. It will just eat him alive. I think that's the, the difference between Draymond Green and James Harden. Yeah, hey, thanks for the call, Zachary. I appreciate it. I mean, that's certainly the reputation. I mean, there's no doubt about it that, that James Harden, it might be good enough for James Harden to just get out of this series with his reputation still intact. I'm not sure about that. I think James Harden wants it as much as Draymond Green. I just don't know that James Harden can get it <laughs> the way that Draymond Green can. Like I think you can want something and still be incapable of playing at a level that you can attain it. And I think Draymond Green has both. I think Draymond Green wants it as much as anybody, and I think Draymond Green can channel that into being able to attain the goal. James Harden, I'm not sure, can consistently enough, and that's why his team at least in my mind, will wind up losing this series. And just by the way, Zachariah was referring to, he's a, he's a listener during the week, and a gentleman called and said, hey, love the show, Mike. Oh, so okay. that's He was just, called you Mike. Okay. Yeah, some caller from the other day, and Zachariah yeah. was listening. Yeah. So Guru, he was just, he was just, yeah, I got it. He was just okay. messing around. 888 Yeah, he calls once in a while, Zachariah. He's got good stuff to say. All right. For sure. All right, well, the, yeah, ne- the open, next time will be the first, yeah, but that's okay. Open up that notebook. At least, at least when it. I'm here. At least when I'm here, but that's okay. We move forward, ever forward here on 95.7 The Game. It's not a notebook. The Rockets attacking Curry. We talked about that a little bit, but how do you think they go about doing it? How do the Warriors combat it? Well, they're going to do it a lot, especially if Harden gets matched up against Curry. And I'll also say this, is Curry healthy enough? Because he was asked this week about, is it harder to play offense or defense kind of coming back from the injury. And he said, well, defense, because you don't 
you know, you aren't sure exactly where you want to go, your movements and the like. If Curry isn't 100%, we're going to find out, I think, early on because the Rockets are going to come at him. Yeah, but I also think this is where the Warriors are great. Let's say Curry can't handle a situation out there. They still have other ways to go. They... First of all, they're a great team defensive team, so chances are they're going to cover up for him better than any other team. Secondly, you kind of got your ace in the hole there with Clay Thompson able to guard. You know, if, if, if Chris Paul's hurting Steph Curry, well, guess what? You can put Clay on Chris Paul maybe to get you over the hump. Then if they go to James Harden and now James Harden's taking care, okay, but Steph Curry's defense is never bad enough that his offense doesn't make up for it. On balance, that's the way I feel about Curry's defense. No, I would agree with that. I would agree for, with that. For now, sure. if he goes eight for twenty-six, yeah, then his defense is a killer, and he's uh, and he's not scoring. That's a problem. But by and large, if he's playing defense and he's then eleven for nineteen with some threes, I mean, I'll take that with a with with a little less defense. One other thing in the notebook here, and from the five one zero. They texted this in as well. It was on my sheet. The Rockets can win the series if they get Draymond Green in foul trouble. They have to take their chances attacking him to try and draw the whistle. Foul trouble was something that was on my list because the Rockets, one of the ways that they... There's two ways the Rockets become efficient. They make threes and they get to the free throw line. Right. And if the Rockets aren't getting to the free throw line a ton... The Warriors are going to have opportunities to separate. How do you see that playing out? Well, I don't think James Harden, and I uh, let me look at this uh, while I'm, but I don't, I don't, I don't think James Harden is going to be living at the line. Uh, let's say I don't. For example, I think he's going to average fewer than ten free throws a game, and I think you take that if you're the Warriors, because what you want to avoid is the fourteen for fifteen from James Harden. But you know what? He's he he he's such a big part of their offense that if he goes 8 for 9 from the line, that's fine. That's fine because because he has the ball so much, the the percentage of fouls and and times at the foul line to the number of times he's involved in a play trying to make a play, it's it's probably not that bad. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if, yeah. if 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 you hold Harden to nine foul shots, but he's driven to the basket sixteen times, that's great. I mean, that's great. That means you only fouled him three or four times, and maybe three or four of the other ones he missed a yeah, shot, exactly. and you went the other way, or he turned it over, or he kicked it out. I somebody they yeah. missed a three. We may see a game with with Harden living at the line, but again, I think the Warriors are good enough defensively that it's not going to be a series. They're too good defensively to foul consistently throughout the series. There's been one player this week that, and this guy always gets propped up like he's doing more than he is. It's just in the Warriors' nature. But there's been one guy that it's been intimated that he could play in this series. It's Nick Young. Oh, gosh, really? Why? Like, what specifically? He played well against the Rockets this year. Remember, I think he had 20 on opening night or something like that. Okay. He played well. He he played well in each of the three games. That's according to Steve Kerr. Well, look, he's he, it's he's, a good matchup he's for due, him. He's due for one good four minute stretch, right? It, I mean, it's maybe, a good matchup for him. The Rockets are good. Maybe, and I I hear that, and I think, well, yeah, maybe that 2016 
Rockets team's a good matchup for him. Right. That's right. And maybe, you know, a player like Nick Young is how you'll be able to tell kind of how serious the Rockets are as a threat. Because a good team, you know what I mean? They make you pay for playing Nick Young. We have seen we have seen that in the first two rounds, J.D. Nick Young has been a negative against the Spurs and against the Pelicans. And if you're telling me Nick Young, because the Rockets are just not as great defensively, not as buttoned up, play loose and, ca- loose and casual, well, then they got bigger problems than Nick Young, and they're going to lose the series. But a, a good teams have been good teams have been using Nick Young to their advantage. So how much do you think he plays, if at all, in this series? I think he'll. Or do play... you think it's a Quinn Cook series? It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I think I think everybody will get their ch- uh, their chance to play early, including Nick Young. And he might. You know, I really do think Steve Kerr really tries to get Nick Young in a game early. Uh, the, the the other bench. Let, let's talk about somebody who's more important on the Warrior bench, and that's. David West, and to a lesser degree, Sean Livingston. David West has not been the same player since he returned from his his cyst issue. And I don't think David West is a great fit for this series, either. How come? I just think he's a little bit slower. I mean, I think he's a smart player. He's a guy that they can run that offense through a little bit in that second and fourth quarter unit. But I also think he's a guy that... The pace of the game does, isn't really conducive right. to him being out there. Now I don't know that the Warriors have a ton of other options. I think he's still going to have to play his regular minutes, and Steve Kerr likes that group of players. But I just think that's a guy that he can get kind of lost out there in a game where it's up and down and everybody's shooting a three. And this is also what we talked about, I want to say midway through the year, when we were talking about ways – in which maybe the Warriors have vulnerabilities. And I'm not saying they do, but I always try to think of an area where maybe you look at it, and then later you realize you didn't see it coming, but you should have. So the one area that I would consider that's a possibility is the Warriors bench, specifically Livingston, Iguodala, and David West. Is there any chance that because of the pace of the game, that because of how the Rockets spread you out, how because the Rockets have shooters all over the floor, that those three players get exposed because they can't make up for their age, lack of athleticism, put Iguodala a little bit aside. Yeah, I, said, I wouldn't put Iguodala. I, I said in I'm there. putting Iguodala a little bit aside there, but you know Iguodala is capable of of shooting four for twenty three from three point range in the series. You know, is is it possible that if the series is over, we say, wow, West Livingston and Iguodala looked old. I mean, they had trouble playing in that series. Look, Eric Gordon even played well, and 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 uh, you know, P.J. Tucker was good. Yeah, I think that's possible. And I, and, but the funny thing is, it is possible. They still might win the series. By the way, going back to that Nick Young game, I know we have Tim Bontemps ready. The, the, he had 23 on opening night against the Rockets. Season high? He had 23. He was eight for nine, six of seven from three. He was a minus ten. He scored twenty three points. He was a minus. Well, 10. I know Bon Temps is going to stick up for him right now. He loves Nick Young. Nick Young. Nick Young's got to play a lot of minutes as we welcome in Tim Bon Temps to the Washington Post. Keys to this series: tons of Nick Young minutes and Javale McGee must start at center. Right, 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 Bon Temps. That's exactly right. 
<laughs> What's going on, man? You are, are already on the ground uh, in Houston. Uh, let's just get it get it started. Uh, give me the scenario where the Rockets make this a long series. How do they have to get the job done for it to be a long series? I mean, to me, this entire series comes down to Clint Capella. Um, if Clint Capella can stay on the court and can be a real factor for the Rockets at both ends in the paint, um, I, I think that it puts the uh, it, it puts the Rockets in a position where they can make this a series and potentially win it. I mean, I think much like Nikola Mirotic was the X factor in the Pelican series against the Warriors, where I thought if they could shut him down, that was pretty much going to make the Pelicans you know, have no chance of winning. I feel like it's the same situation here, and it's the same situation with Kevin Love, ironically, in the Cavs Celtic series. If, if you could take Kevin Love out of the uh, out of the out of things for the Cavs, you know, that's basically what the Pacers did in the first round, and that series went seven games, and it was a slugfest. And you know, I think that if if the Cavs, you know, if the, if the Celtics can do that, I think they have a chance to beat the Cavs. Same thing with the Rockets. If they if they can't have Clay Capella on the court, I don't think they can win the series. You know, to me. If you're going to try to out small ball Golden State, you're going to lose. You and if you look, you know, obviously they've only lost to the LeBron team. They had Tristan Thompson, who was a big, but the one series this team has really had a ton of trouble with was that Oklahoma City Thunder series in 2016. And yeah, that team had Kevin Durant, that team had Russell Westbrook, that team also had Stephen Adams in the paint, and he was a one man wrecking crew inside and was throwing people around, and the Warriors couldn't handle him. And that to me is where the series is going to turn. If, if Clint Capella can play like he did in the first and second round when he dominated things in the paint, I think Houston has a real chance. If if he's you know, mitigated or neutralized um, and they try to go small or he doesn't really have an impact, I don't think they can win. Yeah, Tim, are you basically saying that Capella's got to be a positive when the Warriors use their small lineup? Is that essentially what you're saying? What I'm saying is that if the Rockets are going to win this series, they have to be able to do what that Thunder team did in 2016 and what the what the Cavs have done when they've been successful against the, the Warriors has been, which is have a big on the court against Draymond Green. You know, if you if you can play a center, a real center mm-hmm. against the Warriors, it gives you a chance because you know the, the Warriors like their small ball lineup is one of the best lineups of all time, and it's easily the best small ball lineup of all time. So. That's why, to me, these suggestions of people, you know, yeah, maybe they could play Luka Bamute and P.J. Tucker with, you know, either Ariza, Gordon, and the two guards. I, I don't think that's good enough against this team. I, I don't think you could play Golden State and play small. I, I just don't think that's going to work. That's why, to me, Capella is, is such an imposing figure at both ends. His ability to switch, his ability to protect the rim, his ability to roll for dunks and, and be in that pick-and-roll with James Harden. I mean, to me, he's got to be on the court and able to hang with those small lineups. If he can do that and he can, you know, cause problems for Golden State, I, I think Houston has a chance. If he can't, I, to me, I, I just don't see how they win the series otherwise. Yeah, no, I was saying that a little bit earlier, uh, Tim. I feel like if if the Warriors have to use Draymond Green, let's say, on Capella, and yet Capella is still a factor, well, that's a big win for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I mean, sorry. I it's think, a win for the Houston Rockets. I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, I know what you. Sorry meant. about I that. Know what you meant. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. I mean, listen, that's that's the thing. Like, go back to that series against the Thunder, right? Like, everybody who was a Warriors fan, I'm sure, can remember how much trouble Stephen Adams gave the Warriors in that series, and that was 
I mean, their, their, their athleticism and length inside and the ability for Steven Adams to switch out on the guards and to stay on the court so they could stay big is why that series was competitive, right? I mean, that's why guys like Ennis Canner and a lot of these other bigs now, Greg Monroe, um, you know, even guys like Gobert and, um, you know, some of these other bigger guys, DeAndre Jordan, like if you can't, if you can't switch out onto a guard in a series like this, you don't have a chance. Right. And, you know, that's the thing for the, for the Golden State bigs, right? Like, you know, what if the, let's say Golden State starts Kevon Looney on Sunday, on Monday, um, you know, can he stay on the court and at least, you know, get in the way of James Harden and Chris Paul and give Golden State an option to play some minutes and, and eat some, eat some time on the court. Same with David West. Um, same with Jordan Bell if he gets a shot. Um, that, that, you know, but, but Capella's on another level because he could potentially do that at a high level for 37 minutes. And I, I think to me that, that is the, the element that, that potentially separates the Rockets, where if they have a guy that can be imposing at the rim, can roll for dunks, and can switch out on the guards and is smart, you know, within the scheme defensively, you know, that, that's, that's the kind of weapon that a lot of teams just don't have. And it's what makes him and the Rockets unique. And, again, like, I really think he's the X factor in the series. That's why I thought it was smart, you know, for the most part, Golden State started Iguodala on Nikola Mirotic in the last series. If you took him out, the Pelicans just couldn't score enough. And I think for, for Houston to be at their best, they need to be able to have Capella on the court, you know, wreaking havoc, playing 36, 37 minutes a game. And if he can't do that, whether he gets in foul trouble or he's just ineffective against those small lineups, I think that, that spells doom for Houston in the series. And all that being said, Tim, how do you think the Warriors will start the game at center? That's always the big question. You think it'll be Looney? I think they're going to start big. I'm going to guess they're going to start Looney. Uh, uh, you know, Steve seems to trust him the most. Um, you know, I, I just think if you, you know, when you, to me, there's a couple tells, right? You go back to his press conference after game five, Steve talked a lot about not wanting to bring Andre Iguodala back in the game, not wanting to use, yeah. uh, not wanting to up his minutes more than he has to. Um, you know, I think those were tells. I think, you know, I think it was in New Orleans. I wasn't at the games, but I remember Steve, kind of went on this big thing about half their bench is basically big men, right? And they can't really play a bunch of these guys in, you know, in these series. And I think, um, you know, to me, that all points to, and, and Steve also, I think we've seen in the past, has been pretty conservative, right? He's been, he's been pretty conservative in deploying his best lineups until he absolutely has to. So my guess is they're going to start with a big, whether it's JaVale or Looney or somebody, to try to eat minutes and, and save Draymond so he isn't playing – 40 minutes a game at center um, uh, against a guy like Capella. But, you know, they, they, I didn't think they'd necessarily go back to the death lineup, and they did. So um, it, that that is obviously going to be the thing to watch. But I, I, if I had to guess, I would say that he goes with uh, he goes with Looney to start the game on Monday night. Tim, whether it's, it's altogether true or not, James Harden, Chris Paul and even Mike D'Antoni, to a certain degree, have have reputations of of not being able to get it done or or not rising to the occasion. Whatever you want to, whatever label you want to put on it. Do you take that into account at all when you're assessing this series? Not really. I mean, I think Chris Paul largely has been pretty amazing in the playoffs. I mean, he's had some some rough games. The obviously the the meltdown against the Thunder um, in twenty. 20- 15, I want to say it was um, in game in game six and that's here in game five when they would have gone up three two. Um, if uh, you know, also you look at um, you know you, you look at what happened when they gave up the three one lead to the Rockets. But 
he's largely been really good in the playoffs. And I don't really buy the D'Antoni thing. I mean, they had some bad luck in, in Phoenix, and, you know, he, he he is what he is. But, I, I, you know, James Harden has had his moments in the playoffs where he hasn't, you know, he hasn't lived up to it, even though he did get to the finals, and he has had some big moments too. And I, I think if you're going to look at any of those guys as like this is kind of a referendum on them, uh, I think that's a little extreme because I, I, you know, I think Golden State's the best team, and I think if they lose to Golden State, it shouldn't really be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I do think that you know, bringing in Chris Paul, doing all the stuff they did, you know, last year, you know, they could say Harden ran out of gas, uh, and I was here in Houston for Game Six of that series when he, you know, disappeared against the Spurs without Kawhi. And, um, you know, I, you could make the argument credibly that he ran out of gas last year because he had to do every single thing for them. Getting Chris Paul, getting P.J. Tucker, getting Luka Bamute, uh, you know, the development of Capella, the, you know, having Eric Gordon out there still, all this stuff they did was so that James wouldn't have to do everything for them. So now the excuses for him are gone. And, if, again, if they're going to win this series, Obviously, I think Capella is the X factor, but that that goes without saying. They're going to need James Harden and Chris Paul to be great, and you know he can't be taking games off. He can't be disappearing. He can't be having you know a fifteen point game when he goes five for twenty two for the field. Um, you know this this is definitely a big series for him, and I, I will be very curious to see how he handles it. Who's the X factor for the Warriors, Tim? And do they even is that even a relevant question? Because if if they get enough from their regular guys, they may not even need one. To me, the X factor as it's been the entire postseason is the three point shooting of Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors are going to you know teams playing the Warriors are going to be sticking to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and they're going to be leaving Draymond and Andre open when they're in that that small ball lineup, right? And the number I've had the entire postseason is 35%. If those guys shoot better than 35% in a game combined from three, the Warriors are probably going to win every game that happens. If they start clanging shots and teams don't have to guard them and Draymond and Andre start to hesitate and not take open shots and try to force passes instead, then I think you could see the Warriors get in trouble. But, you know, if, if they're making threes and you have to guard them, I, I think Golden State's virtually impossible to guard. And, and so to me, that, that is the, the key for Golden State. You know, you know leaving health aside, I, everybody seems healthy. I'm not, you know, getting into the, the analysis of Steph Curry, you know, is he 80% or 90% or whatever. He seems fine. Um, and I, I think the extra week off is going to help. But it, just in terms of on-court stuff, I think it's, you know, I would say it's the three-point shoot for those two guys. And I, I think also, too, can any of the bigs give them some minutes so they don't have to go, you know, essentially the entire game with Draymond at center. But I, I think if they're hitting shots, those two guys, I, I think that's going to make you know a really difficult pass for Houston even harder than it already is. Tim, obviously it's the first series under Steve Kerr where the Warriors don't have home court advantage. Uh, the the Toyota Center isn't known as as a house of horrors, if you will. What's your what's your take on the Warriors? In essence, in essence. Coming in without home court for the first time uh, in the last three or four years, I think this series is exactly like Toronto Cleveland, and I say that in that the Rockets have spent an entire year talking about how they're focused on Golden State, how they want to beat Golden State, how they built towards beating Golden State, how they've only thought about beating Golden State. Sounds a lot to me like the Raptors saying we're not going to get swept by the Cavs again. We're going to be able to be competitive with the Jazz or with the Cavs again. We're going to get home court. So we have home court advantage against the Cavs this time. Uh, all, all the stuff that Toronto said about Cleveland, it's all the same stuff that Houston said about Golden State. 
And that's why, to me, Monday night's game is massive for Houston, even more than for a usual team with home court. I, I think if Houston comes out and loses that game on Monday night with home court in this series, after spending a year talking about how they were going to beat the Warriors and how they needed to get home court, so they had the advantage in the playoffs, all that stuff, I could see this. I'm not, I wouldn't say it would immediately become a sweep, but I could see this spiraling out of control fast for the Rockets. And so, to me, you know, that's a critical game for them uh, to get uh, to get on get on the board right away to get Golden State on the back foot and to kind of assert control of the series and to prove that they are a team that can actually beat Golden State in a series. I think if they lose that game, they go down 1-0, and and then you have Game Two where basically their entire season comes down to winning that game. You know, the pressure is going to get ramped up on them real fast. So I actually think, from Golden State's standpoint, I actually I don't think they really care about playing here at all. Uh, I think that being on the road doesn't really matter to them at this point. They've been in a million playoff games. Uh, you know, to me, it, it, all the pressure is on Houston, and, and that, to me, is what makes Game 1 so fascinating because if you do lose it, like I said, then I could see things starting to spiral out of control for them real fast. Well, and it also comes down to one thing I always say to Steiny: it's, it's not that necessarily you lose, but how does it look? And when you can make the Cleveland-Toronto comparison, if it's a game where, say, the Rockets have the lead most of the night and then lose it late, I, I think that would just compound matters you know, exponentially. I don't even think it matters, honestly. I, I don't think it matters how they lose I, I, or how they win. I, I think if they lose that game, I think they're. In, I, I I don't want to say that theirs would be over then, but I, I think it would be close to over um, because it, this, this Houston team has been built. It's been building up to this moment for a year, right? And you saw what happened to Toronto in Game Two. It's not that Toronto played bad in Game Two, but you just saw the fight went out of that team in Game Two. And when LeBron started doing LeBron stuff in the second half and just, you know, toying with them, basically, there was, they just kind of were like, yeah, this, this is who we are. We're going to lose to this team. <laughs> and and I, I, I don't, I'm not bashing Houston when I say this, but this is the thing when you build up yourself to, to go up against one opponent for an entire year. When the moment arrives, if you don't immediately take advantage of it to start with and, and you know, get out on the right foot, um, I, I just think the psychological impact of that could be pretty severe. So I, I'm, I think this game one is just massively important, and I, I, I just I'm really really curious to see uh, how Houston handles it because um, again I, I think if they lose it they could they could be in a lot of trouble right off the bat. Tim, uh, final question for you: What do you see in the East? I see Cleveland winning. I mean, I, mean, I think Boston, you know, has had a terrific season, um, but at the same time, you know, they went seven games with the with the Bucks. They didn't play well on the road in that series. Uh, they go five games with the Sixers, where they played great in game one, and then literally the last four games of that series were coin flips that they won three of. Um, you know, it, it, it was far from a dominant performance, right? So, it, you know, to me, I, I think it's a credit to them with their young team, uh, to the play of Al Horford that they've gotten this far, but I, I just don't see this Boston team being able to uh, take out LeBron. I mean, you look at that Sixers series in particular, the Sixers basically shot themselves in the foot enough times to lose the series. You're not going to see a LeBron James team do that. And I, I think, you know, Boston doesn't make mistakes. They're incredibly well coached. Their young players are really poised. But you need more than that to beat LeBron. And I, I just don't I don't see, you know, that series, you know, ending any other way than, than LeBron getting back to the finals for an eight straight time. Tim, great stuff as always, man. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Look forward to seeing you. All right.
Tim Bontemps, Washington Post, already in Houston, wheels down and ready to roll for the Western Conference Finals, which begin Monday right here on 95.7 The Game. I'm looking forward to it, J.D. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, my mind's open to anything that could possibly happen. I think I have an idea of how, of how it's going to go down. I, I, I see a split. Then I see the Warriors kind of taking control at home. And then I see the, the Rockets scrounging up a great effort in Game 5 to, to push it to the inevitable 6. And then the coronation of the Warriors as the Western Conference champions in Game 6. Yeah, I, and I, I think that's probably that's the most likely way that this series goes. I think the second most likely way that this series goes is the Warriors sweep it. And I'm just and and Tim laid it out. I mean, it was almost exactly what I said earlier. I mean, if they lose Game One, there's an awful lot of pressure no really doubt. fast, and I think there's pressure going into it. Like I don't think the Rockets are scot free going into Game One. Like oh, free and easy. No, to me, if you've got home court, and like Tim said. If you've put the Warriors on on blast, basically saying, "Hey, we've we're the team that's going to beat you, or that fi- thinks we can beat you, that's built the team to beat you," if you do that and then you don't win the first one, look out. And that's where I'm gonna give the Rockets the benefit of the doubt. I, I I'm not going to. I can't believe that they would lose Game One and all of a sudden we're done collectively give up. Now, I know they won't collectively give up, but they, they got to be stronger than that. They you, have to be. You know when this series starts for me, as far as if it's going to be a series or not? When the, when the Rockets win a game. That's when this series starts for me. All right. That's fair enough. It's not a series until the Rockets win a game. I'm ready to say it's not a series till the Rockets win two. Wow. Because if they go back to... Like I said, it's just real hard for me to think of the Rockets winning in Golden State. So if the Rockets come back to Oracle 1-1, it's just not good enough. Even And, you know, the other thing about the Rockets is if they go back to uh, come to Oakland 1-1, it's going to be something in the back of their head where they're even going to think, well, definitely going back to Houston for a Game 5. Well, so what? You know what I mean? But that'll be... Well, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Unless you win a game in Oakland. Exactly. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting because you're right though. If the if the Rockets get down 0-2, forget it. If the Warriors get down 0-2, it's not over. But it got it just got really interesting. It's definitely not over. No. If the Warriors were down 0-2 cuz no. they'd be coming home. Now they'd have pressure. That's the first time and and like you said earlier, that's the only time in my mind that the Warriors would actually have pressure in this series would be if they got down 0-2. So it sounds to Until me like... Until you get to a 5 or a 7. It sounds to me like you think there's a there's a 50% chance it'll be 1-1. There's a, a 50 35% chance it'll be 2-0 Warriors, and there's a 10 or 15% chance it's 2-0 Rockets. I would say... I would say 50% chance it's 1-1. 40% chance it's 2-0 Warriors. And then I will leave a 10 per, well, that's not even 10%. Really? It's probably oh it's probably a 50% chance it's 1-1, a 45% chance it's 2-0 Warriors and a 5% chance it's 2-0 Rockets. Okay, I go I go 51-1. I go 35 
2-0 Warriors, and I go 15. I give them a good 15% Rockets to come into Oakland 2-0. And it might even be less than that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it really might even be less than that, less than the 5% chance. It might be like 50-49-1. The more I, Are you as, serious? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be crazy. I'm not. Oh, okay, I got you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that. I mean, you know that. No, I, mean, I, I don't, know, but I don't I know. do that. I don't. I don't. Well, what's the craziest thing I could say? I really don't do that. I think there's to me the Warriors are either winning this series in six or they're winning this series in four. I have two scenarios in my mind. I have the Warriors win game two, three, four, and six, or the Warriors win one, two, three, and four. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And I'll even go as far to say as I think the Rockets have to have, if if it's a split, right. the first two, I almost think the Rockets have to win the first one because I don't have any confidence they'll win the second one if they don't win the first one. Man. Well, I was looking. ESPN, of, that their, makes sense. of their 22 experts, 19 have predicted the Warriors to, to win the series. Who didn't? Haters. Uh, Royce Young was one. I don't know who the other two were Royce off the top Young. of my head. The OKC guy. The, the guy, then, the, the, like the one guy that I mean, gets portrayed as a fanboy. I mean, he's very good. But, but ni- nineteen out of twenty-two also have predicted Cleveland to get by on Boston. I, I think that's more of an even series. I think Cleveland's going to win that series, but I think that series is going to go six. I really do. I think that. I think. I think Cleveland Boston's going six. I, I, y'all, you forget uh, Cleveland doesn't have home court. They didn't last year. I know. I know. Best part of that series, by the way, what the best part of the Cleveland Boston series? Isaiah Thomas doesn't play for either team. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the best part of that series. Is it Western Conference. They both got back to the conference finals, and neither one of them needed Isaiah Thomas to do it. Think about that for a second. Are you of the mind essentially that the winner of Houston Golden State will win the finals? Will beat whoever it is out of the East. Uh, I think I, I think Cleveland maybe could beat the Rockets. I don't think the Rockets getting over Golden State is means that they're an automatic. Hey, we're we're done. By the Jeez. way, what? we're done. That's going to do it, Matt. You'll be back with the Guru ten to noon. You're on Warriors warm up and wrap up. I'm headed to Houston first thing tomorrow. Thanks to Cole and RC and Bon Temps and Matt Thomas and Bruce Frazier. Cole Skinshasky next nine five seven the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.